0: Are you more susceptible to being in a toxic or abusive relationship? Welcome to the What's Eating You podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm a psychologist, published author, and public speaker, here to educate and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the What is Eating You podcast. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. My name is Stephanie Georgia and I am your host for today. If you're a newbie, welcome. And if you're an oldie, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about ADHD and toxic relationships. I actually got asked this question on my Instagram stories. And when I first saw the question, I didn't quite know how to interpret it. So the person said, why are people with ADHD in toxic relationships or Do people with ADHD have toxic relationships or are they the toxic ones? I didn't know how to interpret it. And then as I did my research and started to look deeper in the topic, there was actually a link that existed between ADHD and toxic relationships. So let's unpack it. Now we know that ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, is a common neurodevelopmental disorder, more common than we know. That's characterized by patterns of impulsivity, hyperactivity in the impulsive hyperactivity subtype. There's three subtypes. There's also inattention, challenges, restlessness, or a combination of them all. So we know that there is the inattentive type, the combination type, and then the hyperactive impulsive type. Now, I don't want to exclude this to people with ADHD. Building and maintaining relationships can be difficult to everyone. However, for people with ADHD, they might have some unique challenges because of the difference in their wiring in their brain, right? So what we know is people with ADHD, especially when left unmanaged or undiagnosed, have difficulties with memory, remembering dates, remembering birthdays, remembering appointments. They can struggle with time management. They either see timers right now or not right now. They might be distracted. So while you're speaking to them, they may look away or appear disinterested. And even if they are on medication, they might still struggle with these. It just might not be as obvious or have as much impact. As you can imagine, if you're in a relationship with someone, the person with ADHD may come across to be toxic or not toxic. It just depends because of the impulsivity because of being distracted they may come across as not being interested or because people with ADHD have high needs for novelty and sensation seeking they may sometimes jump from relationship to relationship or they might be the victim in a toxic relationship compared to the rest of the population because if they're with someone who say is safe and secure, it might come across as boring and not meet their needs. So I'm gonna try balance both. I'm gonna try balance being the victim in the toxic relationship, but then also portraying that you're a person in a relationship that's either not interested, but it's more an ADHD symptom than actually being a toxic type of person. So what I'm gonna go through now is the ways relationships are impacted by ADHD the link between ADHD and toxic relationships, as well as the signs to look out for and tips for breaking the cycle. Number one, what is a toxic relationship? We hear this a lot, toxic, toxic, toxic. Basically, a toxic relationship can be understood to be any type of relationship, and this can be with your family as well, but we're going to talk about romantic relationships. That leaves a person feeling like their well-being is being threatened psychologically, emotionally, or even physically they don't feel psychologically safe these people they often feel unsupported controlled disrespected and consistently misunderstood as a result their needs don't get met or they feel perpetually depleted they feel perpetually drained and often unhappy now the link between ADHD and toxic relationship while we know ADHD has a lot of symptoms with attention focus concentration emotion dysregulation the ones that are commonly impacting relationships is the inattentiveness the impulsivity forgetfulness disorganization and difficulty controlling your emotions which is emotional dysregulation this can affect anyone's ability but for people with more severe symptoms of adhd this affects your ability to communicate effectively so for example, if you are forgetful, and you might be having a conversation or a discussion and the person says, oh, I never said that because they don't remember saying that, that can further escalate problems or because they're often dysregulated or they're heightened or they're emotionally flooded. We know that the part of the brain that can access logic, reasoning and judgment shuts down. So if someone is in that state, it can be really hard to communicate effectively And what can happen is with these symptoms, one person in the relationship can often unintentionally take on a parental role. So they feel as though they're looking after a child. Are you looking at me? Are you concentrating? They almost feel like they need to coach the other person through life, which can be really tricky. Now, as mentioned, if someone's ADHD is undiagnosed, this can be even more problematic because it goes unmanaged and this can come across as a person may lack you know, commitment and attentiveness that can be seen as a person failing instead of a behavior due to symptom management. So because they're either not on medication or they don't know that they have ADHD, these symptoms can look really uncaring or really problematic whereas if you know you've got it, you can say, hey, look, I have ADHD, so if I ever look away, it's not that I don't find you interesting. It's just my brain just trying to get stimulated and figure it all out. So at least there's an understanding of what is going on. Now, in 2020, they actually did a study on the effect of partner attachment styles on romantic relationships. And I love attachment styles. Learning about this absolutely changed my life. So there are three attachment styles predominantly. Basically, you've got either a secure attachment or a insecure attachment. Yeah, your attachment comes from how you learnt about connecting with others from a young age. So as a baby, your first primary caregiver, your mum, your dad, they are the ones who first give you experience to attachment. Now, the research has shown if a mother responds to your needs when you're crying, when you're hungry as a baby the baby develops what's known as a secure attachment, meaning they feel safe, they feel comfortable, their needs are getting met. If the mother is inconsistent, if the mother doesn't attend to the baby when it cries, if she sometimes attends, if she stands away, the baby can develop an anxious attachment because they don't know what's happening, they don't know what to expect, and their nervous system starts to get dysregulated. And then what they found was mothers who gave inappropriate responses, so they either laughed at the child or screamed at the child or didn't meet their needs at all or humiliated, etc. This can often result in a disorganized attachment style. Now, back to the point of the story, researchers sought to uncover how the characteristics of a partner without ADHD influenced relationship quality. So for the study, they looked into 159 couples where one partner had ADHD and the other didn't and they found that partners with an anxious attachment style reported lower levels of romantic relationship quality when compared to those with avoidant attachments. Now, an avoidant attachment is someone who has an attachment style where they can often be dismissive of your emotional needs. They view being independent as superior. They think being clingy is like, ooh, clingy. They often have yeah, high independence. They expect their partner to be independent. And avoidant anxious attachments when you put them together can often be very problematic. The result of this study, what they found was that the negative effects that ADHD symptoms have on relationships can be exacerbated by a partner's higher level of insecure attachment so for example if someone has an anxious or insecure attachment what that means is they're more likely to perceive that their partner may be cheating on them or they struggle to trust their partner and if they are with someone who has an avoidant attachment avoidance will dismiss their partner's needs so this just validates the anxious person's expectations what they're saying is, if you have an anxious attachment and you're dating someone with ADHD, this can be problematic and you're more likely to have a lower level of relationship satisfaction because the negative effects that ADHD symptoms can have on relationships can feel worse in someone who has an insecure attachment style. So while insecure attachments are generally thought to impact relationships negatively, The study suggests that in the case of people with ADHD, relationships with avoidant partners may offer more positive outcomes. So basically what this means is if someone with ADHD is dating an avoidant, it can actually go well because the avoidant person doesn't get upset if they're not getting attention, if they're not getting noticed, if they're not getting all this emotional affection because they're used to that. So if someone with ADHD who often is forgetful, doesn't have that great attention span is often distracted the anxious person will really notice that and feel it whereas the avoidant person is less likely to notice and feel that so look so much more research does need to be done on attachment theory and adhd but that's just a little study i thought i'd share next we go on to abusive relationships or abuse to abusive relationships, are they? And let's talk about why, because there is a link. People with ADHD can be highly susceptible to toxic relationships for various reasons. For example, they might be drawn to people who appear to be dominant and well put together and miss out on the signs that the other person is controlling. What we know is people with ADHD often grew up, many people, in tumultuous family situations, there was substance use in the family, complex mental health conditions, difficulty, abuse, neglect, etc. If they come across someone who doesn't mimic those behaviours, they might actually think, wow, this is what a healthy relationship looks like. Or on the other hand, they might meet someone like their father and think this is normal, they don't know any different. Now, relationships in which one person has ADHD tend to have an intense buildup due to people with ADHD having an affinity for those who are expressive, emotionally intense and spontaneous. So what we're saying here is people with ADHD have a high need for novelty, sensation seeking. They love people who are expressive and spontaneous and intense. So whilst quote unquote boring relationships can be difficult for anyone, The ADHD brain constantly craves stimulation and dopamine and unfortunately that need can be getting met maladaptively in a bad way through these intense relationships. So people with ADHD can often find themselves innately drawn to relationships with quick intense beginnings. Even though initial intensity in dating isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's actually, it can be a good thing. Abusive relationships where gaslighting and love bombing take place also often begin the same way. So it can be difficult to know is this the spark? Is it a bad thing? What's happening? And this is why pursuing relationships that cause hyperfixations and deep feelings of infatuation have problems down the line. For anyone who doesn't know, gaslighting means when someone denies your reality. So for example, you're saying, hey, why are you late? We meant to meet up at six and they say, no, we didn't. I said 6.30 and you are sure they said six instead of them saying, oh yeah, maybe I got the time wrong. I'm so sorry. Like, no, it was 6.30. Are you right? Are you feeling okay today? You must be stressed. What's wrong? And then love bombing is excessively showing love, attention, affection to really get someone to, yeah, fall for you straight away. And then they can often pull this love back. Now, another factor for the increased risk of people with ADHD being susceptible to toxic relationships is childhood trauma. For example, previous research has estimated that individuals with ADHD were over six times more likely to report being physically abused in childhood than those without it. In addition, the 2018 meta-analysis also found a significant association between ADHD symptoms and experiences of child maltreatment. They've found a lot of long-term effects of abuse. So if we think about abuse, neglect and ADHD in childhood, this can often lead to an increased risk of people experiencing this type of abuse later on in life. So what you really want to reflect on is, what did I witness growing up? What were the relationships I was exposed to? Was it healthy? Was it not healthy? What have my relationships been like? What's my relationship history like? Now I want to go through some signs of a toxic relationship to try to help you navigate this more safely. Now Even healthier relationships can have periods of toxic behavior or unhealthy patterns, especially when there's stress or conflict, okay? But what makes a relationship toxic is that the issues are persistent and they occur long-term. They don't necessarily get better. It's a persistent pattern of difficulty. So it's crucial to be aware of what these behaviors look like and also how often are they occurring. If this is you and you could be in this relationship, start to write down what is going on because toxic relationships also really make you question your own sanity, your own reality, whether you're going crazy. It can be really useful to take screenshots and document things and write things down. So if push ever comes to shove, you've got things written down that you can refer back to. I hope it doesn't get to that point, but I do know people that it's gotten so far and they've had to go to court and All this documentation and recording phone calls and all that has come in handy. Here is a list of toxic behaviours and traits to be aware of. Jealousy. Negativity. Insecurity. Selfishness. Dishonesty. Hostility. Lack of support. Lack of consistency. Toxic communication such as contempt. So contempt is when they think they're better than you. Criticism, sarcasm, controlling behaviour and disgust, abusive behaviour, such as emotional abuse, such as gaslighting, love bombing and breadcrumbing, being disrespectful, financial abuse or dishonesty. So there's a list to come to terms with and think about and we can definitely Go through that more in another episode. If you like this episode and you want to know more about this type of topic, do let me know. Now, let's go into the last part how to break free and get out of it, right? And it might be just asking yourself, is this relationship fixable? And remembering it's okay to leave, right? There's no single approach that works universally, and it's about really protecting yourself, minimizing any potential danger to yourself and really seeing what you want for your future as well. If you want to be with this person, are they willing to change? Are they willing to go to therapy? Are they willing to put in the work? And if they're not, are you willing to settle for a lower level of relationship satisfaction for the rest of your life? Because quite often, more than not, things don't really change and get better because why should the person change if you are choosing to stay with them the way that they are? So here are some tips to help you when you're experiencing this type of relationship. Be really assertive with your boundaries and needs. I know it sounds easier said than done to be honest and have open communication, but if you weren't allowed to assert yourself growing up or you find this hard, you will find it hard as an adult. But it's vital that you set up boundaries and you can work with a therapist on this as well and try to communicate healthily. Now, when it comes to arguments, it's important to communicate in a way that doesn't blame the other person because it's like, you did this, you did that, you did that. Trying to communicate what the problem is and how it's making you feel. Recognizing past behavior is vital So there needs to be mutual acceptance of responsibility and also what is the thing we're working on? What are we wanting to figure out? Is the person aware? Are they willing to take responsibility? Because without awareness, we cannot have change. People will jump to couples counseling to try to fix a relationship, but individual therapy can be really beneficial first. There's no right or wrong way. But it's important to get the support you need. So finally, how can I break the pattern? The first step to breaking any relationship pattern, a toxic one, is to realize that you're in one. Many people don't do this. So this is really easy or easier to do when you're able to accept a situation without shame or guilt. It's okay. It may be helpful to do an internal kind of catalog of previous relationships write things down has this happened before are there patterns that are going on so then you might need to know that there's some inner work that needs to take place remember that many people with ADHD experience high levels of rejection sensitivity or what's known as rejection sensitive dysphoria and this can lead to circumstances where they overreact misinterpret or distort what other people say and do Rejection sensitivity can result in feelings of rejection and grief over a relationship ending and sometimes make individuals reluctant to end a relationship out of this fear. So it's really important to get the support, find out more about ADHD and have that open communication. Just remember at the end of the day, how someone responds to your needs and your feelings says a lot about the person and the relationship. If you're in a toxic relationship, it's nothing to feel ashamed of the first step is to recognize it and that there is a way out and if you're vulnerable to attracting these it really is about learning to identify the signs and trying to make different choices moving forward if you like this episode please just click on the stars below and leave a rating for me i would really appreciate it that's all i want it's also my birthday today so please leave me a birthday rating i would really be grateful for that Hope you like this. Please let me know. Tag me on Instagram and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am truly grateful for you being here. If you got something out of today's show, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. To access more resources or support, check out the show notes below. See you next time.